back to watch the Ticker Podcast. This is Alex. Zach. And of course, Ava laying down right next to us. Uh, the date's, date today is 8-11-2019. And if you guys stuck with us so far, uh, episode one, we just discussed the basic market. Episode two's terminology. And then today is going to be how to read a report, uh, recommendations. Uh, we'll be using Charles Schwab for that just because it's one I have open. And for me, it's one of the easier ones. And then Zach will be discussing uh, public versus private. So it's going to be an action-packed day. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun going on. Oh, yeah. Sorry it was late. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Oh. How was, how's your weekend going so far? Uh, I can't complain. You know, I'm just busy trying to get stuff done and, you know, gooning it up as always. Mm-hmm. But what about yourself? Are you doing anything interesting? Uh, to, no, not not really. I'm just chilling, really, trying to get caught up on, on all the lack of sleep that's been going on. Um, and congratulations on your promotion. Zach just got a big big boy promotion. Oh, thank which you. Is pretty, pretty awesome. Thank so. you, sir. I, I It was very exciting. You yeah. know, it was a long, a long road to get here. <laughs> but, uh, no, I was very excited about that, so thank you. But uh, it's going to be good. The travel schedule's all booked up for the next few weeks, and We'll be in Dallas this week, then Vegas and Ohio the next week, and then the Dakotas with your with your ugly mug. Exactly, man. It's going to be action-packed. It's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I haven't been up to the Dakotas like in the summertime and not on a hockey trip. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's going to be really fun. <laughs> the Dakotas, North and South Dakota are my district, so those are the ones that I'm I work with, so mm-hmm. he's going to be traveling with me, which is pretty awesome. We'll probably might do some type of episode, throw one in while we're up there traveling around. Honestly, uh, we should. We got nothing better to do. No. We take a laptop, no biggie. Uh, and then for for me, I'm going to be gone that next week, so we might have a hiccup in the episodes. Not 100 percent sure yet. We got to figure that out. Um, so if not, I mean, no biggie, no worries. But we'll figure it out. Yeah, no, we'll figure it out. But until then, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep on keep on going. But as I mentioned today, we're going to be talking about um, how to read reports and recommendations. And as I mentioned, it's going to be with Charles Schwab. I mean, you can do this with Fidelity, any other one you use, but I just use them. Uh, again, I'm not trying to sell them to you guys. Do whatever you want. But if you do have it, if uh, I'll just lead you through the process um, just to get to the reports I'm actually talking about. This is just like a Charles Schwab rating report. It's not an actual company quarterly earnings report or anything like that. We'll be talking about that in the next episode. This is more or less just a, should I invest in this company? And if so, is this a short-term, long-term? What exactly is this stock um, and how should I utilize it? And I would also make sure you pay attention. This is something that's not 100% said and done. I mean, these right. recommendations and ratings, sometimes they'll say buy, buy, buy. But if you look at the stock, it's at its high. And if you have followed any old school terminology, you always you know buy low, sell high. Right. Unless if you're doing dividend stocks or you're trying to do mutual funds, stuff like that. I think like as a general rule of thumb, before we hop into this too, it's take these reports with a grain of salt. You know, they're good to have, they're good tools to look at, but also you can't live and die by them. You need to do your own research. You need to make sure you gather information so that you feel comfortable with the investment. Because if you live and die by the report, you might, you know, find yourself, oh, I bought this company, like you said, at its peak, and now it's going nowhere but down. And so, so do your own research, take everything with a grain of salt, um, and you 
you guys will be fine. Yep, yep, right on the money. So uh, again, I'm doing the Charles Schwab account. I'm using an iPhone. I don't know if it makes a difference if I try it on Android. Uh, you can also do it on the website. But it's just easier for me to do this and talk to you guys on this. So just log into the account. And then when it says investments, you can click on this. I'm going to be looking at one I already have. If this is something you don't have, then you just have to go to the top right corner to a little search bar, search for a stock you're looking at, uh, what stock symbol it is, and click on it. So I'm going to use IBM. It's going to be the report I'm looking at today just because they're a hot stock I've mentioned multiple times. And thanks to this good old trade war tweet that went out last week, the stock took a complete dive. So it's something that I have on my radar to purchase more and once it dips, hopefully below 130. I'm not saying that because if it does, then I'll be losing a little money, but I would love to double down at that price because of the 150, 120 last Monday before the dip actually occurred. So right. I know for a fact there's a high performing stock and it's easy for me to read these reports to you. So once you click on that, it will just show, you know, IBM at the very top. And then if you scroll down to where it says quote summary, it says Schwab equity ratings. That's going to be the reports we're looking at. And you just need to click on that. Once you do, you get this nice little five page report. Um, and then again, make sure that does show at the top. IBM will show right as the header. And then you'll see actual Schwab's uh, equity rating. So they show that it's an hour performer, uh, which means buy. And then of course it goes down from an A rating all the way to an F, so A, B, C, D, F. Um, a, of course, is buy, B is buy, uh, C is hold, D is sell, F is sell. These are, again, this is something I don't really pay attention to a lot, but I know a lot of people look at it when they're looking at the reports. Mm -hmm. um, but if you scroll down, this is the kind of stuff I look for. So B, C, C, right where it shows rationale behind or A rating on IBM. It shows balance, uh, balance sheet evaluation, income statement evaluation, profitability, capital uh, intensity, Price momentum, analyst sentiment, and investor sentiment. So I really look at the balance sheet evaluation and profitability. Those are the two for me. And it even shows on there that those are high ratings for what holds merit in their um, recommendation. So you just want to make sure that they're in the positives, they're making money. Uh, again, this is something that doesn't have a hold through. I mean, Tesla doesn't make money, Uber doesn't make money, and they still are very high profitable companies whenever it comes to, like stock investments and stuff. Um, doesn't mean they're profitable in general, but people still buy their stocks and they're kind of like the, those outliers. But you definitely want to look for something that's profitable. Um, Tesla's been kind of a mess lately too. Well, you know, I, I people explain it to me about why it keeps on going up, but I still don't understand how you can get behind a company that doesn't make money. You're they, they, they're down. Yeah. I mean, that, well, I mean they're, they're stock wise, yes. Yeah. But it's literally just investor, in, like it's just all investor money that holds the, the merit in the company. It just blows me away. Yeah, people really believe in them. Yeah, I mean, good, good for them. They're they're trying to make strides to to change how we you know utilize vehicles, which is kind of sweet. But again, you need to make money if you're a business. Is what you're there for. You're not there for losing it. Anyone that wakes up in the morning they're like, man, I don't want to lose money today. <laughs> how much money can I lose today? Mm -hmm. No, that is makes no. It's actually sense. like quite the opposite of the motto of this podcast. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So if you wake up thinking that, you're you're definitely listening to the wrong guys. You need to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so this, I mean, if you want to drop it down to page two, it shows like earnings per share. The main thing I really look for is versus prior year. So if I see that it's gaining and it's, there's a positive, it's going to keep on going up. And that's something I look at very heavily. And if it's going up, I'll buy. Mm -hmm. Unless if it's, again, if it's at its top peak. So 
if you go back to the front page of this, it'll show what that stock's high for the year is at and what its low is. If it's sitting at its high, there's no need. In my opinion, I don't buy that just because it's already at its high. Right. Some people will and they'll know it right out. I mean, you look at Bitcoin. Again, I don't like it. I think it's it's not uh, a good investment, but it's one that it's it's always high. So it's yeah. like really tough to do that kind of thing. But in stocks like this, I never go. If it's at high, I'll wait. I'll wait until that little ticker's in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to see that's keeping going up because, like, boom, this is something we can look for in the future because this is definitely a long-term uh, investment just because the dividends are insanely high for it. It gives a lot of money back, and it's a pretty expensive stock at 136. So that's that's the first thing to look at. Um, then you can look at an annual earnings forecast. So it's just kind of projecting what it's going to be earning. Uh, I mean, it's pretty straightforward for the next year. Yeah. Um, again, I wouldn't put a whole lot of merit into that because it's neither getting these numbers from uh, past statistics, and you really never know if IBM is planning a merger right now that's going to boost that up. So those are things I traditionally don't pay attention to unless I do my research when I say that. Uh, outside of reports, that's what I'm going to be like, are they purchasing anyone in the future? Does it look like they could purchase somebody? Are them and Oracle teaming up and doing some type of cloud-based software? Whatever it may be, you just need to research that because that's more of a, a future guess on what's going on. Well, and then this is this is all coming back to us just being the pavement drive. Do your research. Make sure you don't just look at one report and go, all right, that's what's going to happen because the news can shift everything in a matter of hours, a matter of minutes. So a single tweet, right. as we just experienced last week, dropped the market. People were like, oh, no, 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 that's not what happened. Yeah. You have to, I mean, it's, it's a trade. I mean, it's news. Yeah. news. News makes people panic, and you've got to remember the human element of all this. You can mm -hmm. have every report in the world, every simulation, every bit of analytics on your side, but if you don't understand the human element and how people are going to react to news, it's going to, you know, it's going to make things a lot harder. Yup, yup. I mean, even for like another example for you, we mentioned GE a lot just because they've had a lot of, there's been a lot of stuff going on with that blue chip this year, mm -hmm. but they invested uh, into a new CEO. He comes in and the people that were investing were asking for a year plan. Like, what's his game plan for a year? He didn't release that. He released a three, a five, and a 10. Mm -hmm. And their stock dropped drastically because it went to the news saying they're going, not a bankrupt, but they're essentially losing so much money. And then they're trying to sell out a bunch of their stuff. People panicked. Exactly, they panicked. But you have to also understand that news is perfect if you're trying to invest because that guy has a three, five, and a 10 year plan, but he knows what he's doing. Right. He already sold off that assets and he brought the stock up from four bucks to, it was at 10, now it's back down to nine something. Mm -hmm. But that's just a prime example when something drops from $14 to four because they got a new CEO and they went and released a one year plan, right. which is awesome. I love that type of stuff. But that's like, <laughs> I mean, if you're researching, you'll know, you're like, all right, perfect. Now's the time to buy. $4 is a pretty good deal. Um, and those are mainly just the, the big key elements I look at on the report. And then here's the thing when we keep on saying research, you're like, oh, which research? We don't understand. It's in the report. It's absolutely awesome. When it says on the far right on page two, I'll say outperform other opinions. And these are things I look at very heavily and I'll use them. I'll go to their websites. I'll check out stocks. I'll see what their analysts are saying. And I'll, and I'll go to every single one of them before I purchase a stock. So I'll just read a few of them off to you that's on there and I'll explain them to you. You have the CFRA. Um, they're just one of the largest independent investment firms out there. 
they have like a subscription where you can subscribe to them and you can get emails on upcoming stocks. I forget how much it costs uh, or if it does at all. I, I signed up for a long time ago, so I'm not really even paying a whole lot of attention to that. But um, they give a pretty good report. There's like a one to five star rating and their analysts, I'm not going to say they're super accurate, but their analysts do a lot of research on the numerical basis. So that profitability would, what do they see in the future? Is history going to repeat itself or is it just going to keep on increasing, decreasing what's going on there? So they do an outstanding job of showing that. Um, the other one that I like is market edge second opinion. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good one just because it mainly shows is this like a long-term stock or if this is like a short term. So their criteria is avoid neutral and long. So if you have something that's pretty, you know, up in the air, they're going to put a void. But something like this, they know this is a long-term stock and this is like one to hold, which is always good to see because it really helps you understand. It's like, do I want to hold on to a $150 stock when I could buy 15 $10 stocks that could go up $3 right. tomorrow? They're not, I mean, they're looking at that and they're saying, nope, this is a, this is going to be a long-term hold. Um, keep on to it, purchase it and wait for it to rise because you'll make more money off of this, you know, 20 bucks here and there. And uh, the other one I like is Morningstar. Um, now that might get a few people that might be listening to this that are bigger fans of of the stock world. Morningstar that definitely gets a bunch of uh, headbutts here and there. They're not the the best child. They're more of like as we would say that stepchild <laughs> of the family. Um, but I love it because they get very aggressive, like. Things you would never think about. They're, I mean, they're pretty hard. Like if we're looking at this right now, they're giving IBM a three star. Everyone else is saying that they're a one. Really? Yeah. Everyone else is saying they're like five star. So that's something I would definitely click on. I'd look at it and I go to the website. I start researching. I'm like, all right, why are they getting this three star? What are they saying that no one else is seeing? And they're pretty brutal. And I like that. That's something you need to know because, I mean, if five people say yes and one person says no, most people put it off. But that one person says no for a reason. Yeah. And they might be the correct one. So you need to take it into consideration. But those are the, the main ones I like to look at and check out. Very cool. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's all it's all the good stuff. All the stuff you, you need to really hit the ground running. And then I honestly, I look at a lot of these reports as the basis for then what I'm going and doing research on. Mm-hmm. So like I look at the report, I see what they're saying about it, and then I go, all right, cool. They're saying it. Bye, bye, bye. They're saying this stock is going higher. I'm going to go do some research on it and see if I think this has any more ceiling or if this has hit its cap. And so I, they're great reports to have in your pocket as more of a tool than not just a live and die Bible. Yep. But you got anything else you want to talk about on those or? Uh, I mean, that's the main thing with the reports. Um, like I said, there's not a whole lot of drastic information I can give you about those because those are things that I just look at on a short term as I mentioned the research comes in to go into those other websites I mentioned but for me to tell you and sit here and go through every single one of those that would be time consuming you would not find it interesting everyone has a different approach on stuff Mm -hmm. I'm more I like numbers I love to see them but I'm more of a who's leading that and where they're going with their long term business plans I mean I'm definitely down to flip a stock as quick as possible but I'm pretty realistic. I mainly stick with just blue chips, as I mentioned before. I have a few outside, like a few in the the medicinal marijuana uh, route and all that kind of stuff. But mine is mainly blue chips. So there's more to it, in my opinion, than just looking at numbers. Mine's all about who's in charge. Right. 
Um, and then, I mean, the only other thing that you really need to pay attention to is, as I mentioned, that 52-week range. Some people like going five, six years, mm-hmm. um, which definitely look at that. You always have something called like, they, you know, if you're looking at a report and you see a coffee cup, coffee mug, maybe it's time to sell. Or if you see one where it's just a straight decrease, is it time to buy? I, I mean, I love looking at just on one year, in my opinion, because you can see how it's right now for, that, for just that time. Five years, okay, but there's a lot of things that can happen in a five year that really makes something fly up and come down. I mean, if you look at it, we had Jaguar Health Inc. They came out at 175, and now they're at a dollar 54. Jaguar so, Health. Yeah, at whenever it was released, it was the most yeah. expensive medical, medical insurance, whatever. Yeah, interest yeah. stock, whatever it may be. Um, However, you want to classify it. But it's just, I don't know, it, it's crazy because if someone looked at that, they're like, oh, man, it's going to be an outstanding stock. It's like, yeah, well, uh, stick to that one year, you'll see that it just decreased the entire time. <laughs> there was nothing to it. Right. So. But with that being said, should we hop into public versus private? Yep. All right. So if you follow any sort of investment financial news already, uh, you've probably already heard public versus private, those terms slung around a lot. Um so we thought it was important to do just to cover real quick at the back end of an episode, uh, just to give you guys a brief overview because it's not a super complicated like topic, but there are a few misconceptions that come along with these uh, titles. So first, we'll talk about your public companies. Those are the ones, I mean, the easiest way to spot them, are they traded publicly? Can you go online right now and buy their stock? Can you go and find it on the NASDAQ. Can you go out and find it on the New York Stock Exchange and make sure that you put that in your investment portfolio? I think that's the easiest way to identify them. Um, they have a huge advantage because they can tap into financial markets and gain capital by selling stock. They can sell bonds that, you know, to raise capital um, for expansion and other projects like that. So that's the easy one. Shifting to private companies is where it gets a little complicated. I, in my opinion, I think the most popular misconception with private companies is that they're small and that everyone, it's like a mom and pop kind of deal because there are some very large private companies. Think about um, Coke Industries. Great example. Private company, enormous. I mean, just enormous. Um, they have a, their hand in a lot of different business. Uh, Bloomberg's private, Fidelity Investments private. Uh, there's a company out here in Kansas City um, who does very fast micro trading uh, called TradeBot. They're out here uh, and they're also private. The thing with private companies that sort of sets them apart from public ones is let's call it the disclosure that they have to make to people. They don't necessarily have to disclose all of their financial information in the same way that public companies do. Public companies are required by the SEC to release quarterly reports, among other things, about their financials. Private companies are not. And so until they eclipse 10 million in revenue and more than 500 shareholders, they don't have to follow those regulations. Um, So that's a bit of an interesting thing. You probably won't be buying into privately held companies unless you're a big venture capitalist and you are have the capital to actually buy into those or you're investing in you know a startup with some of your friends um but 
odds are you will not be investing in a privately held company. It just, it doesn't really happen that often. The thing then, the transition from public to private, that's when you get your IPO. That's your initial public offering of a formerly privately held stock. So think about, let's think about social media for a second. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, those kind of areas. When Facebook came to market, formerly they were a privately held company. And that was it. They were private. You could not go out and buy their stock. Now you can. It's regularly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. So that's, I mean, that is a base level overview. Like I said, the biggest difference is the public disclosure. Uh, if it's a public U.S. company, which means it's trading on the U.S. Stock Exchange, they are required to file those quarterly reports, as I said earlier. So I, I think it's the easiest way to put it. I don't know if you have anything you want to add on, you know, the differences between the two, but I think, you know, pretty yeah. well covered. I mean, you, you hit, it, hit it right on the money. Yeah. So don't worry about, I've, I've heard people saying, oh, how do I invest in privately held companies? I want to get in, get into the private market. Don't worry about that. It's, it's not, it doesn't happen. So I just no. wouldn't worry about it. Just worry about the companies that are being traded publicly um, and go from there. But yeah, that's, that's all I got. I mean, it's very straightforward. There are plenty of sources if you want to do a deeper dive into it. Um, I, I like invest, uh, Investopedia. I think they're, they have great definitions on everything. So if you want to hop onto their site, uh, check out their difference between public, private. They'll give you a full deep dive. You can look at financial analysis, financial statements, ratios, accounting, debt, mergers, acquisitions, all of it. So with that being said, Yep. Well, just real quick, um, as we mentioned, we're trying to get you some stocks. I was just getting my little report popped up for the ones that I was looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, if you're curious, whenever I start doing my research for next ones to buy, so right now I'm looking to actually get into different different stocks what I currently have after I double dip in some of these. And uh, real quick, in case you didn't listen to it, double dip or buying back, buying down, however you want to word it. It's whenever you purchase a stock, we use whole numbers. I purchased it at ten dollars. It went up to thirteen. I didn't sell it because I thought it'd go higher. Now it's at seven dollars. I'm gonna double it down there, so my average goes down to like eight fifty. Mm -hmm. That way, once it goes back up to thirteen, I made money off of it. Because some people will look, oh, if it's low, it's gonna keep on decreasing. I need to sell now to get out. I I think the polar opposite. If it goes low, I'm like perfect. I just got it cheaper. I just made my average smaller. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking for. Um, but after that, I'm looking to actually get into a few other ones. I go to uh, money.usnews.com. That's usually where I started. And then uh, Kiplinger, I also go there. Uh, K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R.com. Those are two of them. Um, so again, that's where I start off my research. Some ones I'm looking at getting potentially back into. A&D. So I was into a previous, but I sold them pretty quick. once. I'm I'm on that train too. Are you? I'm on the AMD train for sure. Yeah. So I sold them whenever they hit 34 uh, at the beginning of, uh, well, I think it was like the middle of July. I sold all the ones I had because I bought them for 18. So I made a good chunk of chains off of them. But they're starting to go back down and they're ones I want to keep my eye on. And mm -hmm. I think, uh, I mean, Zach and I have talked about it before. 
the uh, gaming industry, if, if I'm not mistaken, man, it's Project Scarlet, the PS5. I mean, if this type of software actually starts working and they're really thinking about doing all the amazing things that they mentioned in E3 and the Consumer Electronics Show, mm -hmm. this might be a stock that people are going to start investing in just because their software is insane. I mean, it's just like Intel it's, as well. Yeah. I mean, they're, the processing chips are just ins like you can't compete with those. And those are two big companies. Oh, it's it's pretty pretty crazy what they got going on. So that they're one of my top ones to focus on. Another one's Nike. Um, and something you really do need to understand right now, retail companies, brick and mortars, that type of stuff, it's pretty tough out there. Retail in general, a lot of people are just buying from Amazon. I mean, you hear it all the time. Cool thing about Nike is they sell all the stuff to big companies like that. So you're still, I mean, they're still making money off of it. So they're a pretty strong one right now. Um, I think that fight with Nike and Adidas, they're gonna keep on doing some amazing strides. And I'm, I'm stoked to see it. I know Adidas definitely has my heart when it comes to a bunch of things. And that's why I, I like to rock that motor armor. But Nike definitely is starting to make a pretty good stride. Uh, Canopy Growth Corp, one of uh, our buddies mentioned it. He actually thought yep. it was super low. I thought it was a joke and I laugh at it all the time. But it's actually on my to-watch list just because, um, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of growth in the industry right now. As I mentioned in the very first episode, I think I invested in something called Pot Company, which, again, I did it just because I thought it was funny and it was super cheap. There's a little bit more. I think it's at 30. What it, I'll check real quick. Hang on. It's in at 33.20. Uh, its high was at 59.25. Mm -hmm. So it's probably one. If it dips under 32, I'll probably purchase a few shares. When I say a few, it's not going to be many, maybe six, $700 worth, and that's about it, just in case it bumps up really high. I don't put a whole lot of merit or trust into it, but it is one I want to let you know I am watching. Now, for blue chips, it's definitely... Blue chips are where I like to make my money. I love blue chips because they're big companies that traditionally are not going to go out of business, and they got a lot of backing. Ones I'm looking at right now, Johnson Johnson. I purchased them not too long ago. I'm going to repurchase them again. They have a lot of lawsuits going on, a lot of issues with some of their products. Yeah. And again, I love it because, as Zach mentioned, this is a scare. People are scared of it right now. They're thinking that, you know, if you hear someone getting sued over something, you immediately start thinking, oh, what, what are they going to be filing for? Bankruptcy, which one? Yeah. Are they going to be going more in debt? Like, what's going on? Again, they're too big to, to really fail like that. And half these are with their sister companies. So, it's, I mean, it's absolutely awesome. I mm -hmm. love it. So, they're sitting, if I'm not mistaken, at 138, I think. Um, so, I mean, once once they start dipping down again, I'll be purchasing a good chunk of those. That will more than likely make up maybe 20% of my portfolio once they dip. I think I have it set at a buy at one, 129. So if it does, that's gonna be a pretty solid one. And then uh, my last one is NVIDIA. I, again, it just goes right back to the AMD. I'm getting really behind this, this push right now. People are starting to invest even more into these uh, into the gaming industry and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I like to rock the video graphics card right now anyways. So I like them. I think they're good at what they do. Right. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. So yeah, I'm actually highlighting in video real quick. Uh, they have experienced an enormous drop off. Mm -hmm. They were at 289 or 290 ish was their all time high. They're at that back in, I want to say September. Yeah, September, I got it right here. Yeah, 292. Um, of last year. So they've taken an enormous drop. People, this is, we're coming back to it. Panic, panic, panic. 
they got down to 130 again, which is where I hopped back yeah. <laughs> on the NVIDIA train. I think I got in at around 135. That sounds right. Um, when they just plummeted. But people are panicking and saying they're going to die. I don't think they're going to die. No. I don't think they are going anywhere. I think they had a big drop. The growth that they were having stock-wise was incredibly unsustainable. There was no way it was just going to keep going and going and going and going, right? right? And so now they're back to 154. I see them probably getting up to 160-ish and before I'm going to pull out again because I just want to see where this company's going. But I still think it's a decent time to get in on them because they could boom. They have proved in the past that they can have a big explosion and skyrocket up. Um, so I don't think they're a bad call. The company I'm completely out on right now is Netflix. Netflix. Completely <laughs> out. I, I am, and here's the human element, I'm very nervous with them because of Disney+. Plus. I don't know how many... I don't know what their sustainability looks like. How many streaming accounts do you have in your house? Three. Which are they? Netflix, HBO, Hulu. Right. So, you have three. Would you want to tack on a fourth? No. Right. I don't, so, I don't have enough time to even watch those three. So, for me, i am got the same exact loadout, actually. I have Netflix, Hulu, but my, that's also my cable, because mm -hmm. I have Hulu Plus Live TV, and then HBO. I'm going to have to make a call at some point, because, frankly, I don't have a ton of incentives to keep Netflix. Hulu does my live TV, so I have to keep that. HBO has some of my favorite shows in the world, so I'm keeping that. And then Disney Plus is coming in with all their content and everything that they own. And now there's going to be a package between them and Hulu and ESPN Plus. So why wouldn't I just get that? Mm -hmm. And then have access to all the Marvel movies, things like that, anything that you know, you wanted to watch that Disney is a part of. And so I'm kind of worried about Netflix with the, with the presence of Disney Plus because I think a lot of people might pull out on them. I think a lot of people honestly have Netflix too for their kids. And so if you are a parent and neither of us are, well, you have a dog, but you know. She doesn't watch Netflix. Yeah, she doesn't watch Netflix. <laughs> if you're a parent, and you only have Netflix for your kid, why why keep it if their favorite shit's on Disney Plus? Mm -hmm. No, yeah, Netflix is definitely gonna have a pretty good month of their money. Yeah, it's gonna it's making me nervous. I don't know. I'm so I'm out on it completely. Like anything that I have Netflix is completely gone because I just I it makes me very very nervous. And without their big thing that they're striving for right now is the interactive movies. Mm -hmm you know, the, uh, the build your own story movies, but I don't necessarily know how competitive that is in this market. I don't know. Like, I don't know if a, the con average consumer, I find them awesome. I like them and I think it's really fun, but I don't know how many people are actually going to want to just sit down and, do and play through that. Yeah. Cause usually when I sit down, I just watch TV and not do anything. Right. Um, so yeah, they, they make me nervous. Those are the two that I've been 
really honing in on um, just because, I don't know, Netflix scares me. Well, in, in two things <laughs> off both, both the things you say there, which I find that funny, is you know how awesome it is right now, as we've explained, to have somebody uh, that you can talk to about this. Because I'm in a different boat with Netflix. I really? Kind of, so if I don't own them, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and start off now just because I I mean, I didn't have the, the funds to start investing in that kind of stuff uh, at the time when I invested. Um, but if I did own them, I, would, I look at it in a different way. And they have a lot of their original stuff yeah. that a lot of people watch. When I go to Netflix, I don't even watch the stuff that's on TV. I watch Netflix original only, Yeah, like Black Mirror. See, I do too, but I'm worried about... They have stuff like Black Mirror. They have mm-hmm. Stranger Things. They have very successful shows. Right. But I'm more worried from the perspective of parents that don't necessarily watch it and have those Netflix Just accounts for their kids. kids. Yeah, and I can see where they're going to lose a lot of accounts there. Right. And so that that's I love like that kind of stuff, and I love that content that they have. Mm-hmm. But I'm more just worried about it from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be pretty cool to see like the actual accountant demographics and to mm-hmm. try to research. And I guarantee you could if we did some research. We we honestly, I'll try to take down a note. We'll talk about it in the next episode, I was and say, I'll show you how we did it. Yeah. Ne- next episode, let's come back with information on Netflix. And, and let's look. It. Let's look at it, and then let's figure out: Do we think that this whole situation for them is sustainable? Will they survive the emergence of Disney Plus? And this will be a perfect thing for you guys to see. So, I, as I mentioned, I don't have a lot of material about Netflix. I don't know a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Zach obviously has been researching a lot, and he knows where he stands. Mine's just based off of consumer behavior of like, hey, if I were, you know, if I had it, this right. is what I'm seeing personally. So this would be perfect. We'll talk about in the next episode what we did, why we came to the conclusion, what we researched. Then we can get like a full breakdown and tell you exactly. And then at the end of it, we'll tell you if we'll buy it or sell it. Right. Um, so that'll be perfect. And then the other thing I just wanted to mention real quick, he mentioned NVIDIA and I had it popped up when I, uh, Kiplinger, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect because I can explain all this to you now. So he's saying he would buy, right? They're advising to sell. They're, they're in the red right now. Everything they're showing on their report is all sell, sell, sell. Don't purchase this stock. Yep. Perfect. Like I said, this is the time I would consider buying because it's already almost to its low. And if you, as you mentioned, at 292, which wasn't too long ago, September of 2018, it was at 292. Again, look at that one year. That's a perfect. This spread right here, this is something I'm, I'm now considering. I'm going to break it down. I mean, we're looking. I already said I was going to consider it, but this is like what I'm saying. This is why I'm considering it. Honestly, I think you could hold them for a week, maybe see them have a little bit of a bump and then move off. Yeah, do something there. But and then this is the other thing I wanted to mention. So I have the five-year pulled up. If you look at the five-year, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's like 19, 20 bucks. If you do the all-time, it starts at 42 cents. So here's my thing. They didn't actually start going on an, on an increase since 2016, February 1st of 2016. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, oh, I'm looking at the five-year, this is just like a little hiccup, and they're like going to flatten out here. Again, don't look at that kind of stuff. That You're, you're putting too much merit in the history of that company. Right. And I feel, in my own personal opinion, when I'm looking at these stocks, it's something you can't pay a whole lot of attention to. Go to that one year, and you can immediately see the actual things of what's going on. This thing opened up a high at 288, and now it's pretty low at 154, and it's just going down, right? Mm-hmm. So at one point, it, it, it will go up. 
Right. I mean, this is something that I'm looking at. It even has the line that shows you a 154. How many months has this thing been under 154 of where it's mm -hmm. at right now? If you look at it, it's been half of one month of, let's see, half of December. So for December 19th to January 22nd, it was under 153. So yeah. almost 30 days. Then it dips back down for 10 days from January 29th to February 5th. Then it's up, 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 and now it's May 22nd to June 25th. Up, 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 and then it just is now starting back to dip back down. So what I'm saying is I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to look more into it. Like I said, I'm probably going to purchase sometime this week. And I'll, I mean, with the way this is looking, it might drop down. I would guess it's going to hit 146 and go back up. If I'm being very realistic and honest looking at this report right here, I'm comfortable at 146 just because that's close to the average. Mm -hmm. Then it's going to go back up, and I'm, I'm going to assume I'll be generous and I'll not be over-aggressive here. I'm going to say it's going to hit 166, and that's where it's going to kind of flat out for a while. Yeah. But if you look at the chart, I mean, I'm being generous. I could I could go aggressive. I could say, yo, it's for sure going to hit 183 because I'd be kind of closer to where I was sitting at in the middle of May, but I don't want that. I'm looking more of a realistic. I can say, all right, I could potentially make $20 per share in the next two months if I pay attention to this. And that's how I look at this stuff. So I like to look at these graphs and break them out. Like I said, I can't stress this enough. You need to ignore this five year. A lot of people are saying to look at it, look at it, look at it. And companies like this, yeah, cool, makes sense. Well, I mean, you, you can take, I think you can take a five year on a company like Caterpillar and look at that, but mm -hmm. you can't take a five year on a company like NVIDIA because the growth they experienced was so dramatic that you, it doesn't, that's not a realistic five year. Mm -hmm. That's not a realistic, okay, this is how it's going to keep going for the next five years because that doesn't happen. It doesn't exist like that. Unless they go bankrupt tomorrow and it just plummets again. You know, and then they somehow restarted the company and then came back and experienced the same growth. You're not going to see that. Right. I no, mean, I it just, you. yeah. But I, so I popped up uh, Caterpillar real quick because, I mean, he makes a good point with with that. And um, if you want to pop it up, you can pop up five five year. And it's actually perfect because it looks like a, a coffee mug. So yep. it, this is, if you guys, I'm serious, you have to pull this up or maybe I can try to share this on our Instagram account. When, when you hear the thing coffee mug, it literally looks like a coffee cup, and at the beginning it has a handle. So if we were to continue this out for the entire time, I guarantee it makes a handle, and it does. So it, it pops up, looks like a small coffee mug, boom, right here, and it dips back down. So we call that the coffee mug because when it's at the top, it drops, right? And you can kind of watch that and see where it's going. But even then, when we're looking at this for this five-year, I mean, it's a drastic difference at its low at, at uh 60 30 in 2016 to where it's at at 119.51 yeah so they were a bad example but <laughs> i mean no they're not they're not bad I, I mean you we can definitely look at it i just think we're all progressing so much here over the past few years i don't know i've looked at five years before but i it's just really hard for me i don't i, don't, I, I guess i don't want people to get all hung up on that point it's like oh man but five years ago they're at 62 bucks what if they drop there it's like okay realistically i don't know if they are because their industry looks like it is i also feel like it can Five years are accounted, not to sound funny, but five years are accounted for more by older investors. Yeah. And I think, I mean, things change a lot quicker now than they did a while ago. Mm -hmm. Like back in the, back in the 90s, 
things did not change as quickly as they do now. I was like, we're just so advanced. I'm right. trying to, sorry, I'm trying to find the... And, and so the sure. stock market's a lot more, let's call it hyperactive than it was back then. And so I don't think it's as effective. I think maybe if you went back to the 90s, the 80s, you could look at a five-year report and you might see a little more stability with you know those blue chips. Mm-hmm. And you might have a little bit more accuracy with them. Obviously, I don't know that because I wasn't alive then. Right. Um, but they weren't trading them. Right. But now things move so quickly. I mean, I don't know that it it makes a whole lot of sense to focus on the five year. Yep. Five year for me is just a cool like, hey, look how much this company's grown in five years. And, and I mean, that's true. That's definitely true. But like the thing I'm looking at here is uh, pretty much like the market capitalization is sixty seven billion. Yeah. And if we looked. I'm trying to find the five year on that. So whenever it You're was, looking at cat. yeah, I am looking at Caterpillar. Yeah, I mean it's selling for Caterpillar to sell. I, again, I we're all shooting from the hip on this one. I'm, Zach might have researched it. I'm uh, very not 100 percent sure about this company, but um, I'm just trying to figure out what their market share. And the reason why I'm saying this is market capitalization could be at 67 billion today, right? But if it was at 20 some billion five years ago, then we can see that the market itself is going up. Mm-hmm. That means there's a demand for it. So again, it just goes back to the five year thing. I, me personally, I just don't like it. I know a bunch of my friends look at it and that's kind of, they'll always mention they're like, yeah, man, but in 2012, they didn't do well. It's like, yeah, well, in 2012, you weren't doing well either. I mean, it's where we all change so drastically and they invest so much money. A lot of companies die off, but wow, it's, it's, it is really it's, gone off the rails here. It is. Yeah, this is a pretty good episode. Good for the good for them. I mean, we we're just talking about basic stuff, but I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of information there that they're able to actually look at. They can take the report and they can take what you said with public and private and actually configure, break it down, and look into it and say, oh, okay, maybe maybe that is something I need to look into. I, I now understand. Hopefully, uh, what what the report meant. Yeah. Hopefully, this episode helped uh, you guys a little bit. I mean, that's our goal with every single episode. Mm-hmm. So just help you guys a little bit. Help. Um, get you moving in the right direction to where you feel more comfortable investing in the stock market. Um, and that's where, I mean, we're going to open it up to you. If there's something you want to hear, if there's something you want to know about, I mean, we have a schedule of what we're planning on doing, but if we can change that, we can go in and dive into a topic that you're curious about and, you know, give you as much information on that as possible. So let us know. You can comment on these, um, also, we're working on getting iTunes. Yeah, we're working on putting it on iTunes. Yep. Um, hopefully, this will be the final episode where they'll actually let us post it on there instead of just SoundCloud. Yep. And but for now, follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud temporarily. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I know we have not been posting anything on there, but it's just kind of us waiting because we really want to get on iTunes before we start investing our money into getting our word out. Yep. Um, so follow us on there. Also, that's the best way to reach us we've had one person email us and uh i just now checked it and that's been 15 days you can put that on me i'll take the blame but it's been way i mean it's the easiest way to, to reach out to us is definitely instagram just oh, go on sure. there and just message it because it's on our cell phones and we can check it by our emails and stuff are on there right yeah slide into our dms yeah slide into our dms <laughs> let us know uh anyway thank you so much for joining us um watch the ticker uh episode three so three. i think a resounding success Definitely. No, it was a good one. Let us know what you thought. Um, if there's something we're doing that's annoying, definitely let us know that. We'll, we don't oh, mind fixing it. Uh, and then get excited. 
hopefully, like I said, next week, uh, I will be out of town. I'm going to be back with my family, hanging out with them, and kind of uh, getting my gears back together. It's been a really crazy year for me. Mm-hmm. So I'll be back there. But when we come back the weekend after, uh, that's when Zach and I will be on the road together. And we'll try to put a few episodes together and post them out for you guys. That way you can get them. It's going to be un- understanding quarterly earnings and dividends for the fiscal year yep. or years and such, which will be awesome. We'll try to make something that's – 90 pages into one page of just important information we look for. Mm-hmm. And then what I'm most excited about is when to buy low and sell high. We explained it today, but we're going to give you the whole madness about what all goes into a stock like before I purchase it. Like today was just a very screenshot. This one is going to be one that we've already found. And uh, we're just going to, I mean, we're going to spend the entire 40 minutes of that episode just saying, are we buying this today? And if so, we're going to purchase it. And remember, do your research. I can't emphasize it enough. Don't live and die by our word. Don't live and die by reports. Do your research. Do your research. And uh, as we mentioned, we'll do the Netflix. I had it saved up right here, so I'll mention that on the next episode. Mm -hmm. Dive into Netflix and try to figure out um, what exactly is going on. So stay tuned. And as always, keep on living the dream and don't forget to make money. Have a good one. Later.